This is AgriFutures On Air, brought to you by AgriFutures Australia, driving innovation in Australian agriculture. Hello and welcome to AgriFutures On Air. I'm Jane Cudahy. The AgriFutures Rural Women's Award provides a platform to showcase projects which will have a positive impact on Australian rural industries and communities. With seven national finalists, the 2022 cohort are involved in everything from food security and health services for some of Australia's most vulnerable, to helping people access fitness programs and communication initiatives highlighting the impact of rural women. The Rural Women's Award is one of many AgriFutures Australia initiatives, ensuring our rural industries prosper now and into the future. And we need to thank Westpac, the platinum sponsor of the award, who provides each finalist a $15,000 Westpac grant for their project, business or program, access to professional development opportunities and alumni networks. In this episode, we're hearing from Josie Clark. She's an agronomist, research assistant, PhD candidate in gene editing for crop improvement and a passionate disability advocate. In short, she's a powerhouse. Originally off a cattle property near Kempsey in New South Wales, Josie is looking forward to shining a light on some inspiring Aussies and giving a voice to those with a disability that want to create a more inclusive agricultural industry. When I was five years old, my dad had a truck accident and that resulted in him becoming paraplegic. And yeah, we're from a beef cattle farm, a multi-generational farmers, dairy farmers and, and all that. And it was obviously a very big life change for us, um, but decided to stay on the farm. Um, at the time, it was definitely maybe you should sell the farm and, and move on, but we didn't. And so I guess over the years, um, for me, as you said, I work as a PhD candidate, but I work in grains research and I've worked in the horticultural industry as well. Um, but for me is that, you know, having a parent with a disability is that I notice when I'm at a field day that, you know, maybe dad couldn't get out in the field and be there with me because it's a bit wet or get on the two of us to go around the farms. It's not really accessible. So for me, it was kind of realising and talking to dad in the paddock and, yeah, gain that realisation that, you know, there's no real voice driven from the industry perspective around accessibility in our industry, um, but also just that support um, as well for people with disability in the industry. I guess, you know, when dad had his accident, there wasn't particularly someone we could go to in the industry and ask, you know, what could we do in the meantime? It was kind of definitely figuring it out for ourselves and, and trying to find people that were in similar positions. So for me, it was, you know, how do we create this greater conversation around accessibility, but also show greater support um, for people with disabilities in our industry to really work towards that that topic of, of greater inclusion and diversity, which I, I think is really important. Yeah, so for me, that's why I started Billy Agriculture, because I wanted, you know, to show that there is some amazing people in our industry working, and, and yes, they do have a disability, but our industry is accessible and it's a career option that anyone should be able to consider and that's what I hope the stories and voices of ability agriculture are really, um, you know, getting across, which is... We'll go into more about ability agriculture and, and you know, how you are helping people and, and giving people with disabilities in the bush a, a voice and, and a support mechanism. I just want to go back to when your dad first had his accident. You were obviously very young um, and there's been a lot of, lot of time since then, but what do you remember about you know you said there wasn't any support or anything for your family then but what what do you remember in that sort of immediate aftermath when that decision had to be 
mate um did you have other family that could step in and actually do the work on the farm or like what had to happen immediately that you remember yeah I guess for us is that we did have a lot of community support which was just you know really amazing I think that's one thing you know rural towns and and communities really you know get together when when someone's in need and and that was really great um, you know, for us, it was definitely a process of, of trying to figure out what we were doing. Uh, we kind of switched the operation too. We, we did a lot of cows and calves, which was, you know, a lot of work over, you know, a few years to have our own breeding and stuff. But that was just too hard of a job dealing with calving and stuff. So we switched more to a um, looking at steers and, and bullocks, which was a bit easier to manage. Um, and is this because your mu- did your mum take more of a role or your dad was yeah, still really um, active even though he obviously couldn't do what he was used yeah, to? Yeah, no. Yeah, I feel like mum definitely – I feel like before, even before dad um, had his accident, mum was heavily involved in the farm. You know, there's photos of us mm-hmm. when we're babies and, and mum's driving the tractor with us. And, and I guess for mum it was – um, you know, definitely stepping up more and taking over a lot of roles. Um, I think she was like one of the first ladies in our town to go get a truck license. And at the time, everyone was like, oh my gosh, there's a lady driving a truck. And then <laughs> before you knew it, there was every other mum was going to get their truck license, which was just a really <laughs> I'll great I'll have effect. what she's having. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, that, that just the idea of, of mum stepping up and being able to do all those roles at the time, people probably thought, oh, you know, maybe she can't do it. But I think she proved a lot of people wrong as well at the same time, which was really great. And, you know, I think I definitely get my confidence and, and to be able to stand up to people as well from mum and, and going through that and just her resilience as well to be able to raise four kids on the farm and and hold everything together was, yeah, it's it's very inspiring and yeah, I really appreciate mum for doing that as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. She sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So when what, what was missing? So if you, you know, in an ideal situation and, and this would be coming up and what you're doing now, what was missing yeah. from that piece that you remember or, or that your family talk yeah. about now? I think just that, you know, that wider community support and the fact that there wasn't really like where could we go to find answers. Mm. And, you know, to show that there is this other side, like this positive side that it is possible to stay in agriculture and, and it's not all of this negative type of thought that, you know, you should just give up, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so it was, it was you needed you needed to find similar stories or was it the yeah, actual that, support just like service? Stories, but, mm. Yeah, but as well like a support system, but just to show that, oh, this actually is possible. Yeah. Like, you know, I think. Lived there was experience. not many people having that open conversation to be able to see that, oh, someone's actually gone and done this and, you know, here, you know, we eventually got a gator for dad, which is one of those side-by-sides and it was converted, um, you know, but the thing is is that you can't go to a manufacturer and ask that to be made. Like we had to go and sort and find someone in our local community that could do that as well. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think just that open information and and showing that you know even after a farm accident that it is possible to to look at how could you adjust your farming operation um to to keep going or make it a bit more accessible and and all those things I guess for me yeah it's just that little bit of information I think if it was there it would have been so much easier for us to have that more positive outlook and we kind of you know had to struggle through a process of figuring out ourselves Mm. so yeah. Okay. So you left school and and went on for further study to to become 
um, an agronomist. So tell me about that. What it, did you always know that that's what you wanted to do? And, and um, where did you go to uni and, and that sort of period? Yeah, so well, funnily enough is that I did work experience at a hospital about three months before I accepted a role um, as a graduate um, agronomist and R&D technical officer basically for a horticultural company. Um, and so I didn't even do agriculture in year 11 and 12, funnily enough, either. So um, for anyone who wants advice is that even if you don't go to uni and do agriculture, you can 100% work in the industry. As, you know, we need such a range of skills and there's so many different roles in agriculture that you'll definitely be able to come back like I did. Uh, so, yeah, I just did Bachelor of Science at university, actually, because I didn't 100% know if I wanted to go down working in basically human research and human genetics or plant genetics. And it was kind of a bit of a crossover for me. Um, but, yeah, I just did a, got to do a few ag subjects, luckily enough, with my degree. And I really liked horticulture. And this program came up and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. So, yeah, and I, I worked in the horticultural industry for a year and then realised I really did like research. And I got offered a job with the University of Sydney to be a research assistant and, got to do a year of of managing heat tolerance and, and drought tolerance trials um, in, in Narrabri, which is really interesting. And I guess for me, just kind of confirmed I, I really did like research. Um, and so, yeah, I decided to go back to uni and, and start my PhD, but I obviously do really like genetics. So, um, yeah, my PhD is, is about gene editing um, for increasing nitrogen use efficiency in, in cereals. So, um, yeah, a bit of a full circle moment, I guess, and, and combining everything that I, I like, which is what I really love about my job, is that I get to do a bit of genetics, but also, you know, work in agriculture and, and try and help contribute to that solution of greater efficiency in our systems and, and making sure that my research is giving back benefits for farmers and growers and and that as well so yeah so not only are you doing something highly technical uh, and finding solutions as you say but you've got this little side project called uh, ability agriculture as well so obviously you were <laughs> there was a light bulb moment there somewhere to to also take on this other um project so how did that come about yeah well like i said i had a conversation with dad i thought covid is a, a probably a was a bit of a fire starter because I got to go home for a bit on the farm which was nice um and yeah it was just a conversation with dad in the paddock about you know I'm noticing this stuff you know about accessibility and you know that lack of voice as well in the industry for disability talking to dad down the paddock about it and asking him I was like is there anyone like is there an industry group that you're a part of that I don't know about and he said no so for me it was you know let's, do you think let's sorry I just that. want to interrupt you a little bit there because you know obviously you've been with your dad well you know you, you've had this you've been on this journey with your father since the accident you've always been there but then being a little bit separate for a little while and having that distance through study and work and everything else do you feel like when you came back for this particular trip it was a, a different a different viewpoint did you see things that you probably wouldn't have noticed or talked about with him before I think for me it was like a uh, it's like over the years it's I know I've like wanted to start something if that makes sense and I've, I've definitely noticed it more and more getting to work across the different industries as well yeah it's just a gap I've always kind of noticed um, and being aware about that, you, th you know, I go down into the lab and I know that the benches aren't adjustable and Dad would be able to 
fit into the lab where I am at the moment. So right. it's just yeah. those little things that you notice, I guess, that some people wouldn't be aware of when they're doing planning and, and those things, um, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. So, no, I'll take you back to this particular trip home and you were talking to yeah. Dad about his support networks. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that conversation go? You said no? Yeah, well, it was just more surprising because there is obviously with NDIS, there's a lot of support groups, but you get to tend to be kind of categorised into a certain disability and all that type of support. But for me, it's that there's no, you know, broader thing in agricultural rural Australia that's kind of focusing on, you know, we work across agriculture, but there's also varying disabilities as well. And yeah, I guess for me, it was you know, how do we show that? Because I, you know, from personal experience, we know dad works in agriculture and, and he has a disability, but we don't openly really talk about it. So that's what was kind of strange to me. So, um, yeah. When did you formalise it? You've had that conversation with dad and and you've you've made, you've cemented the fact that you're going to do something. What were the next steps? Yeah, for me, it was just as simple as starting the Instagram and, and Facebook and just coming across people on social media or asking dad if he he had any contacts really that might want to share a bit about themselves and I'd say that was was fairly quick I think Mm. (laughs) did you feel like there were a lot of people that 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 were open to sharing um I'd say that it's it honestly just depends because I understand from my family's point of view that dad definitely got asked to share stories about himself um, early on and, and he wasn't ready and he wasn't comfortable to do that so for me you know when I approach someone to ask if they'd like to share their story I obviously ask first but I also let them know that you know feel free to answer whatever questions you feel comfortable answering because it's their story and it's their voice and you know they get to dictate that and so um, I can understand that it's not an easy process and that you know there is a massive adjustment um, for people as as well and and it's not necessarily easy to tell your story and that's 100% okay. So for me it is, you know, there's people that are ready to share their story and, and for some people that they're not but they're really happy to be a part of the group and just to be able to read someone else's story is is just great to connect on that level as well. So how how expensive have you had to make, you know, your the management of it? Have you got, had to bring in counsellors or you know trained professionals in in this area or are you still managing it on your own? Yeah I'm still managing it on my own at the moment I think as I go through the process of um, you know my future goals at the moment is to actually register as a not-for-profit and a charity and I guess for me as I look to expand is, is yeah looking at you know is a community group but also if there is like um some sort of you know either a mentorship program or a support program where people could you know zoom in and chat to each other is definitely looking at having those type of support services available because that's um, very important to have as well. With the AgriFutures grant it's $15,000 from Westpac how are you using that money? Yeah so with the um, Westpac grant with the um, state bursary. Um, I'm using it to create that representative voice in agriculture and create that um, representative group and to move not just from being this online platform to, but to actually having that representative voice to show that there is support at a field day um, or at a conference, you know, so that we can talk about accessibility and industry and, and work together to, you know, proactively come up with solutions or try and you know, figure out how can we actually show that there's accessibility in our industry, but also 
help people who want to ask how can I make my business more accessible as well. Um, so, yeah, the, the state bursary is going into that whole registration process of, of becoming a not-for-profit. Um, but also for me, like I said, how do we have that broader conversation of accessibility? Um, so for me, it's turning these stories not just from, you know, being online, but how do we actually get out there and, and capture people who might not use Facebook or Instagram? So we're looking at collaborating to make a video series um, to go out and, and do a few video stories on on some of the people of Ability Agriculture, which is really exciting, but also to show how they get around on farm and, and what they've done and, and what they're doing, which I think is a really great way to do that. But It's quite an effort to get out and, and start really being at those field days and, and encouraging yeah. people to be involved and, and that sort of thing. So are you able to make that commitment now? How are you juggling all of that with your Yeah, I, work? at the moment I have a bit of a really supportive um, network, which is really great. And um, at the moment with my research as well, I, I just spent four months in Mexico. So I'm kind of in this waiting process of plant material coming back from Mexico. So it's it's definitely, you know, knowing that I have a busy schedule, but, you know, planning around it and knowing that I do have a really supportive network and, and having that time management is, is so important. So for me, it's definitely been a learning process, but to just acknowledge that, you know, you need to make time for yourself as well is so important. I think burnout is something that's been brought, brought up a lot. And for me, it's it's knowing that, you know, what I want to do with Ability Agriculture, I can't do by myself either. So bringing in people that can help me achieve this as well, but also, you know, making projects where I can bring other um, and collaborate with others to help achieve that, I think is really important. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's it's learning about planning, but also delegating and, and having that time management. But, yeah, just the support network behind me does really make it possible as, as well. Oh, gosh. Delegation on a passion project is incredibly hard like I take my hat off to you because when you're really invested in something it sometimes can be very hard to to take that um, next step to let someone else take some responsibility um how what's the feedback being like like both from industry from people that are working in agriculture with disability from some of you support people like what are you what are you hearing about this service I think just like the first well it's just that this is so needed um, and it's such an important time for it to be happening as well. You know, we we talk about workforce shortages in agriculture, but, you know, we need to think about our workforce itself and, you know, how can we make roles more accessible and the future of work and, and all that stuff. So just having someone to be able to amplify these voices and, and show that there's accessibility in our industry is just such an important conversation to have. Um but also around, you know, that it's around 76% of people with disability that are actually employed don't disclose that they have a disability to their employer. And so for me, that, that shows this massive fear um, that maybe if I disclose that I might need extra support or if I have a disability, I might not be able to get the job. And so for me, this positive conversation that we're having, I hope that more people feel supported, that they can talk about their disability, but also workplaces think, oh, actually, well, how can we show that? we're actually supportive of this in the first place. And so, um, you know, it's it's been really eye-opening and, and for me it's getting to meet people every time I speak who come up to me and tell me, you know, oh, actually my dad had a farm accident as well or, like, my parent has a disability. Um, I had a, a young bloke come up to me to tell me, oh, actually I had a farm accident a few years ago and, and I'm on, you know, medication now still to this day and that he's just, you know, really happy that, there's this group now that he can kind of be a part of. So 
for me, it's those little differences that are, you know, for people that they can connect and that someone's actually caring and talking about it as well in our industry. Young men in particular. Yeah. How do you encourage those people or the, uh, to, to come and be part of the conversation or listen or just because they're the that's a really important group of people yeah. that, that, you know, don't normally stick up their hand and go, yeah, I want to talk about my feelings. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think like for uh, for me, it's just having that personal story and acknowledging that, you know, it's not easy, um, but that's okay because it shouldn't be easy either. I think, you know, just having that honesty and, and being authentic, I guess, and, and trying to tell that story, a lot of people, you know, can relate to that and it, you know, like I said, it's not easy for everyone to tell their story, but a lot of people can relate. Mm. And so having that relation there, I think, is is opening a lot more people to have that conversation and, you know, come up to me and say, oh, thanks so much just for, like, you know, mentioning this or, or talking about this because it's, yeah, it's something we need to talk about. So, mm. yeah. So what do your parents say when you're back at the farm now and, and sitting around the lunch table and you're talking about you know how things are things are moving um what do they say oh I think they're really proud I think because you know it would have been so great for something like ability agriculture to be around when you know our family was you know going through through the same thing and so yeah they're definitely really proud and full of ideas you know how can we get pamphlets into you know rehabilitation centers you know because that's one thing mum mentioned like you know when when she was waiting around the rehab room you know there wasn't really many brochures but I think especially when you consider you know when rural people have to go to the city for treatment um, you know how can we make them feel at home but also share stories from people in the bush as well so you know definitely looking looking at that uh, those avenues and and yeah I think you know my family's really supportive um my sister she's an OT um which I think she was kind of inspired to go into being an OT as well through through dad and spending all that time with um physio physios in Sydney um they always played with us while dad was getting his rehab so you know I think you know the whole process has really influenced our life and and our you know for us it's for us, it's, you know, asking what can we do for others, I think, as well. And, yeah. Oh, well, look, I think you're doing an amazing job. It's a terrific idea, Josie. So congratulations on Ability Agriculture and, and good luck with the award. Thank you so much and thanks so much for spending some time to talk to me today. Just a reminder, we were just hearing from Josie Clark, the New South Wales finalist for the AgriFutures Australia Rural Women's Award. Online applications for the 2023 AgriFutures Rural Women's Award open on Wednesday, the 7th of September, 2022. You've been listening to AgriFutures On Air, a podcast brought to you by AgriFutures Australia. For full access to a huge backlog of stories on Australia's agricultural trends and innovations, research outcomes, inspiring stories from our rural leaders and insights into new and emerging rural industries, please subscribe to AgriFutures On Air on your favourite podcasting app. You can also find more information at our website, agrifutures.com.au.